We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Check my wallet. Make sure I got my money with them. Please do, because you're fine after this. These two games. I mean, I have nothing left to buy with. (laughs) Simpson around. New York wins it 102 to 89 over Orlando. McBride led the way with 23 points, five rebounds, five assists. Nice balanced attack. Grimes with 22 points. Your boy Coos yep. on the other side. Coos 25. 25. And five steals he yes. That's yeah, impressive. Nice Four assists. Very impressive. Okay. Giddy up. Everybody ready to talk about. Some exciting summer league action because what else would we be talking about tonight? I have no idea. Is there anything else going on in Nixland? Beats me. Beats me. Um, so uh, let's start with the summer league game because um, they did just play a game, and uh, the summer league Knicks are pretty good, and we should we should pay respects to their very good job that they are doing. Um, hopefully not the last time we see, um, well, at least one of these guys, someone that I really care about, Quentin Grimes in a Knicks uniform. Um, Knicks won 102 to 89. They go to three and one in summer league. I do not ask me to tell you whether this means that they will be, um, playing in whatever the postseason, the Vegas postseason thing is. I, I think because they've won, a bunch of quarters and it works with like points and whatnot. My guess is that they'll play again. So this is probably not the last time that you'll see these guys. Um, but yeah, another 
Another really good game for Quentin Grimes. I was just noting like clip after clip after clip. I guess let's start with Grimes because it it relates directly to the news of the day, which is that the Knicks and Jazz are uh, engaged, as it were, uh, in trade discussions um, for one Donovan Mitchell. And uh, it first came about, um, well, obviously this has been bandied about in different reports over the last several days, but the biggest one dropped this morning with the athletics saying they've actually talked trade. There have been some additional reports throughout the rest of the day, including from SNY's uh, Ian Bagley, which actually stated that these teams talked trade before the trade, before the free agency started. Um, He mentioned that Mitchell Robinson was discussed along with, I think he said three first round picks. Today's big report came from Andy Larson of the Salt Lake City Tribune, um, in which he basically painted a picture of the Jazz came out with a massive ask that was, and I think uh, Tony Jones uh, added some, who writes about the Jazz for the Athletic, added some color to that. Um, I think Larson reported that the Jazz asked for a majority of the Knicks picks. I think Jones actually put a number on it that it was six first round picks. As a reminder, the Knicks can trade up to eight because they could trade four of their own and they have four additional firsts and that's not including swaps. So whatever, five or six firsts, uh, Fournier for salary uh, and potentially Rose for salary as well. And then basically every, every key young player, not named RJ Barrett. Um, So OB quickly um, and Deuce McBride and Grimes. The Knicks, according to the Larson report, responded with a a legitimate counteroffer that has not been specifically reported. My uh, understanding, based on the different things that have that have been reported and that I've heard and have been bandied about, is that you know they're okay with the Fournier piece as opposed to Randall. Apparently, Utah wants nothing to do with Julius Randall. Shocker. Why would they not want anything to do with Julius Randle? Um, anyway, uh, and the Knicks will give them a bunch of picks. How many picks specifically? I don't know. But the Knicks seem to be holding firm on, we're not giving you all of our, our good kids. The question now becomes, do they relent on giving one of the good young kids? Do they draw the line at zero? And if the reports are to be believed that the guy that Utah wants is Quentin Grimes. Well, if you're the Knicks, is that someone that is, I mean, I guess the way the question should be posed is, is Quentin Grimes a deal breaker? And again, it's only summer league. So again, quoting the great Benji Ritholtz, the great newsbreaker, Benji Ritholtz, it is not all of the data. It's not sacrosanct, but it, but it provides you data points. And the data points that we continue to get from Quentin Grimes over the course of the last week have been a guy that is positively vital to what the Knicks want to do moving forward, whether they have Donovan Mitchell or whether they don't have Donovan Mitchell. He is the closest thing the Knicks have to a true 3 and D wing. Yeah, you wish he was a couple inches taller, whatever. Beggars can't be choosers. Um, he's the closest thing to a true three and D wing that they have. And he has shown that in spades over the course of this week. 
and he has continues to add layers to his game. I love the way he was drawing fouls in this game. He got to the line three times, um, which I thought all on some very – I mean, and then in, after that, after he got to the line three times, over, I think they were all in the second half, he put that poor magic player essentially on his ass um, in what I think was his last basket of the game when he when he dribbled them up or he crossed them up and – and uh, converted a, a drive that was just – it might have been his prettiest move in summer league. It was, it was really nice. But, like, obviously you could see why, again, reportedly, Danny Ainge wants Quinn Grimes more than Obi Toppin, more than Emmanuel Quickly. And, I mean, we, we can't really suss out exactly, the, you know, where, where everything stands on this. But, like, it's clear that they don't want to pay R.J. Barrett, talking about Utah. But, like – you know, I think baked into that is the fact that they know that if RJ was in the deal, that the Knicks aren't also going to relent on a lot of picks. So I don't want to make this out to be like the Jazz like Quentin Grimes more than RJ Barrett. I'm, I wouldn't say that, and I don't necessarily believe that to be true. But the fact that at the very least, they like they're not fighting on Barrett. They're fighting on Grimes. They want Grimes. I believe that. It's been reported in multiple outlets. Again, Ian Bagley reported that. Um, and you could see why you could see why a team would want this guy who is, and who has three more years of cost control and is a guy that will become instantly a tradable asset. I mean, he's a tradable asset right now, but if the jazz get him, he'll just be a tradable asset in the hands of the jazz. And that's because every team, it doesn't matter what your team complexion is. And, and I think I was having this discussion a few days ago. I forget with who uh, at this point I have, I talk to a lot of people on this uh, in front of this laptop, but you know, Quentin Grimes or uh, Emmanuel quickly might not walk into any rotation in the NBA and immediately get big minutes. Same thing for Obi Toppin. Same thing, honestly, with RJ Barrett, you know, guys who have their primary and their secondary, you know, guys already lined up like, RJ needs to become more efficient. There are some teams that just wouldn't want to deal with his growing pains of inefficiency. Quentin Grimes is a guy who could, any team in the league, step on 20 minutes a night easily um, at the rate he's going. Maybe he's not there yet. It's always summer league, but another great game for him tonight. Uh, so kudos. Good job by him. Um, Miles McBride. Deuce McBride. Deuce, baby. Welcome to the show. Uh, 29 minutes, nine of 13 from the field, uh, his highest scoring game of summer league at 23 points, five assists, five rebounds, um, did have six turnovers, but three steals to make up for it. He looked really good. He drove the lane more than he has in any other game in Vegas. Uh, that was nice to see. Um, I am not elevating him to potential deal breaker status. Uh, I think at the very least. You know, he added, you know, I don't know if it's 1%. I don't know if it's 2%. I don't know if it's 5%. You know, he added a little something to his value um, tonight. And that could only help the, the Knicks as they continue along in these negotiations for um, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I don't really have much to say about everybody else tonight. I mean, Sims showed you the usual stuff that Sims, Sims shows you. I thought Trevor Keels had, you know, a couple nights moments. Uh, very low bar, but this was his best game summer league. Uh, Fahrenheit, you know. 13 points. He had a, a, a nice little game. Yeah. Um, I like it. 
Uh, thank you, Andrew, for starting us off from Dirty Dancer. Insert why do you hate RJ here? Yes, that is the proper place for why do you hate RJ Barrett. I don't hate RJ Barrett. And, and quite frankly, I, I want to second what Benji said on the pod uh, whenever we potted yesterday. RJ Barrett is a deal breaker for Donovan Mitchell. And if the Jazz were in a different position and they did want RJ Barrett and they said, without RJ Barrett in the deal, you're not getting Donovan Mitchell, well, then too bad. We're not getting Donovan Mitchell. You don't give up RJ Barrett. Um, no, he's not a perfect player. Is there a possibility the, the efficiency stuff never works itself out? And we're sitting here talking about a guy that, you know, never really exceeded or, or met expectations a few years from now. Yeah, it's possible. Can't trade him away. Absolutely cannot trade him away. Not for Donovan Mitchell. And honestly, just don't, like I'm not again. No, no player is untradeable. But for right now, where the Knicks are at, RJ is the closest thing they got to a cornerstone. So um, definitely glad that they will be hanging on to him, whether or not they get uh, Donovan Mitchell. I think that's it. Uh, let's kick it off uh, with the chats. I see Andrew has put up here from JD. Knicks summer league team currently has the best record and point differential. So they probably make the final game. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I would assume so, but I don't want to proclaim that and then have it not come true. Uh, but yeah, it would be cool if they got to play and they raised a fake banner um, for, for MSG. Um, I don't know who wants to make the fake banner, but whoever's up for that. Looks like you may have one to do. Of course, we get started off tonight in the Super Chat with the one, the only Robert Cross. I know he, I know Robert Cross is feeling some consternation these days. I don't blame him. First time, long time, John. Mark my words, we will rue the day. Rue! We will rue it. Rue. The day we trade Grimes. I can't even enjoy Summer League with a monocle of peace. Hashtag 53 wins. Um... So I sat down today. My wife went back to Long Island to visit her family, took the kids. So I had um, the apartment to myself and uh, nothing that I had to do. Um, So, of course, I decided to write a very long piece (laughs) analyzing the Carmelo Anthony trade and uh, comparing and contrasting the Carmelo Anthony trade with the prospective trade that is on the table for Donovan Mitchell. And... You know, I was reminded as I was going back through memory lane of the conversations leading up to that trade and how it got to a certain point. I, I, I distinctly remember it, like, where it was like, holy shit, is, is Timofey Mozgov going to be the reason we don't get Carmelo Anthony? And by that point, obviously, they had relented on Gallo. They had relented on Chandler. They had relented on whatever the picks were. And it was like down to down to Mozgov. And like you said it out loud and you're like, what the fuck are we crazy? We're not going to get Carmelo Anthony because of Timofey Mozgov. And sure enough, they relented and, um, you know, in came Melo. I, I, Grimes is not in that category. I'm sorry, but he's not. And I know he's a, he just played one year. He was injured for a lot of that year or he was out of the rotation or injured. I know this has just been summer league. That dude is good. And I know that he's not a star player. I know he's not going to be like the first or second or third most important guy on your team. I know all of that. 
Um, it's it could still go wrong. He's still a young player, but man, it there have been few days that have gone by where well, I shouldn't say that. I've I've largely tried to ignore this if I'm being truthful. The fact that the Knicks passed on McCall Bridges for Kevin Knox four years ago, it like that was such a defining moment for the franchise that have had so many fuck ups, but that was right there for them on a silver platter. And like you need that player. Every team needs that player. That that version of McCall. Now McCall Bridges is the best version of of that probably. You know him or like Clay Thompson. Um, well, Clay's better, but whatever. I'm I'm getting off track. Like you need that guy. You need the guy who you could sick on the opposing team's best perimeter player for 30 minutes a night and not worry about it. And who's going to knock down an open shot when he's presented with the opportunity. And oh, by the way, can do some other things with the ball too. Quentin Grimes is that guy. You cannot just find a guy like this off the street. I, I know he was picked 25th in the draft. I know, you know, he was an afterthought at times last year. I, if you're giving Utah everything that they want, everything that they really want, which is the picks. If you're giving them all those picks, I, I again, you, you say it out loud and you're like, am I really, is Quinn Grimes the reason I'm not going to get the, the Donovan Mitchell? It might have to be. It might have to be. Quinn Grimes is really good. And I, I know you could find guys like Grimes, but at the same time, it's harder than you think to find them. Um, and if you find them on the free agent market or you find them in trade, it's going to cost you a lot. So, um, Something to consider. Kevin Danishevsky. Man, if they trade Quentin Grimes, I'll really miss him. Good to see Deuce get to the hole. I thought he played his best game. Completely agree. Sam Mitchell shouldn't be commenting. Commentating. Uh, Sam Mitchell's a, a sweet man. Um, should he be commenting on games? Uh, probably not. But uh, he's he seems like a nice guy. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of Quentin Grimes love tonight, as there should be. Ryan Huang. Great game. Fun game. Uh, great to see Deuce's mid-range game pop off. Yeah, it, again, when he hit those little baby baby uh, fullbacks like 10 feet away from the basket, I mean, you love it. They're going in, and, like, he's only a second-year player, so, like, sky's the limit, right? And at the same time, it's like, man, that's a, it's a hard shot to make a diet on. But listen, he's only second year, so if he's hitting him now, who knows what he could do in a couple of years. Uh, but the most important moment of the game, Shams on the broadcast, percent chance, Donovan Mitchell is a Nick. Um, percent chance that Donovan Mitchell is a Nick? Mm. Huh. I mean, if you go by the Vegas odds, it's like a was it like a sixty six percent chance right now? Uh, minus two hundred. Uh, I think that's about right. I think about two and three chance, maybe a little higher. I like. Who else is trading for him? Who else is coming up? Who else is coming up with anything close to what Utah wants? And I think like it's very interesting right now that the reporting seems largely to be coming out of Utah's side, which would seem to indicate to me that they are getting it out there, how well this, you know, how much the conversation is progressing and how close they're coming and this and that, because who does that apply pressure to? It applies pressure to the Knicks. Um, And I think Danny Ainge is very smart 
and he knows who the Knicks owner is. And he knows if the Knicks owner catches wind of the fact that, oh, we have, we're, we're close to trading for Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell's a 25-year-old three-time All-Star. Well, if we're close to doing it, let's get it done. Uh, we remember what happened the last time they were close to trading for a All-Star in their mid-20s. Uh, and the powers that be were in New York were trying to hold a hard line on negotiations. Eh, well, guess who got involved and guess who gave away the farm? Um, you know, the public pressure on the Knicks to complete this deal is going to be very real. Now, Danny Ainge, that, that's, that coin has two sides. Danny Ainge says, yeah, I'm fine. I'll take Donovan Mitchell into this season. I'll take Donovan Mitchell into next season. I'll take the motherfucker into three seasons from now. He's under contract. I don't have to do anything. Danny Ainge should say all that, and I think part of it means it. But at the same time, I wonder if there isn't a point where he looks himself in the mirror and if Leon Rose has called his bluff and says, fuck you, we're giving you all the picks that you want. We're going to give you a couple interesting young players. We're keeping the guys that we want to keep. If you don't want the deal, fine, go find a better one. At some point, doesn't Danny Ainge look himself in the mirror and be like, "Eh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be greedy. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't. God knows he's been greedy before and it's worked out pretty well for him. I have no idea how this negotiation is going to go. But um, we'll see. I think it gets done. I think it gets done and I think it gets done sooner rather than later. But we'll see. Maybe sooner rather than later is actually just before the season. But I think it's done. Robert Cross with another one. I am too aggravated to talk about Spider. Slow play the hand. I didn't even see this. And here's Robert uh, backing me up. We are negotiating against no one. What leverage does Utah have besides none? Um, I think the leverage Utah has is, well, for one, it's going to sound very silly. If you don't trade for Donovan Mitchell, then you don't have Donovan Mitchell on your team. And if you're Leon Rose, what what fears does that potentially induce? Um, does he worry about, well, you know, what if we get off to a bad start? Um, now, I think Leon Rose has a lot of job security. I don't think he'd be motivated by that. I hope he's not motivated by that. But at the same time, I do have to think that, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm going to use this freaking line. It's the end of Harry, when Harry met Sally. Uh, when you when you realize the person you want to be with for the rest of your life, you want the rest of your life to start right now. Uh, not quite a perfect analogy because uh, Harry didn't have to give up, uh, I don't know, his apartment to be with uh, Sally, but the point remains. Thank you, Andrew. Andrew typed in the chat. I liked it. Uh, the point remains that Donovan Mitchell wants New York and New York wants Donovan Mitchell. Everybody knows that. And Danny Ainge obviously knows that. So he's trying to use that against them. And then like, look, let's be real about this. There is always the possibility that another team comes in here. Like Miami already put heroin, all their picks on the table and Utah said no. So just for argument's sake, now this gets complicated if they extend hero this summer which maybe they don't now with the Mitchell, if Mitchell doesn't get, or yeah, if Mitchell doesn't get traded, but like, let's say they don't extend hero. uh, And hero starts off like guns blazing and increases his trade value to the point that maybe some team does give up 
a few first round picks for Hero, and then Miami can reroute those first round picks along with their own first round picks off to Utah. And then Utah gets that. Um, although Miami doesn't have any other young players to throw in the deal other than the kid they just drafted and, you know, a couple of their mildly interesting young guys. And on top of all that, if you're, da- th- th- again, I keep going back to this point. If you're Danny Ainge, what would you rather have? Future Knicks picks or future Heat picks? You know, and I hate to be the self-disparaging Knicks fan, but, you know, one franchise has been to, what, eight or nine Eastern Conference or uh, finals or whatever. Like, finals or Eastern Conference finals. They've had a fuckload of success since Pat Riley's been there. The Knicks, not so much. So if you're Ainge, you want to bet on the Knicks sucking. Um, and I, I don't blame him for that. But obviously we hope it works out um, if they get Mitchell. Michael Miranda. What's going on, Michael? Am I the only one who thinks Mitchell is not worth all of this? Really would rather keep our kids and wait out, wait for a better fitting star. So I'm going to have a note on this in tomorrow's newsletter. Uh, feel free to subscribe if you're not subscribed. Um, what other star? And I I, I I, know that comes off as, as kind of a dickish way to put it, but like, look around the league. Um, I went through my own kind of in my mind, my list of like the top 20 to 25 guys that if you're a team like the Knicks, you're, you're trying to go after like right now. So like let's put LeBron James aside. Let's put Chris Paul aside. Let's put, uh, you know, and these guys are still very, very good, obviously great basketball players. Put Kevin Durant aside, who obviously the Knicks are not in the running for. Put like guys like Kyrie and James Harden, who like just the Knicks should want nothing to do with. I'm talking about the 15 to 20 guys that like, if you're the Knicks, you, these are the guys that you want. And I went through the list, and I think I came up with about 12 or 13 of them had either just signed extensions this offseason or signed extensions last offseason. Those guys are not going anywhere. Um, and then there are another handful of guys, guys like Steph, Giannis, Kawhi, Paul George. These, like, they're on contenders. They're not leaving even though they can technically leave in like three years. Again, we're talking years, years down the line. Uh, Anthony Davis. You think Anthony Davis is going to leave LA? I don't. So who's the star? You know, because free agency doesn't exist anymore, and they just went out and spent money in free agency to become a better basketball team. They clearly are trying to make this team better. They're not tanking. I'm sorry. I don't care how many fucking picks they accumulate. They're not going to be able to trade up in the draft next year to select uh, what's-his-face, Victor. Uh, or the other kid screwed something or other. Like the, the top, top, top guys. They're not trading up into that. So you have to trade for a star. So who's the next star? It's going to ask out. The best guess right now, probably Doncic. Good luck getting Mark Cuban on the phone for, for those negotiations, if and when he asks out. It's just like sometimes it's your card, it's your turn to play the hand. Um, yeah, Andrew types Embiid in the chat. I mean, I don't know. Embiid just extended a year ago. He literally, his extension, his super match extension has not even kicked in yet. I think Philly had a really nice offseason. I think, is there a chance in maybe two years Embiid asks out? Okay, maybe. Maybe there's a chance in two years he asks out. And so then, guess what conversation we're going to have then? Oh, my God, you're going to trade the whole franchise and all of the picks and all of the things and everything 
for a center who breaks down and is on, you know, about to be 30 and yada, yada, yada. There's always going to be something. There's always going to be something. He Mitchell is available. Does it mean you overpay? No, it does not mean you overpay. But if you can get this guy who is, and I agree with what Benji said, I, I think he has an argument for being one of the 10 best offensive players in the game. You, you get him. Like, you, you, you get him and you've, you do your best to figure out the rest later. That's where I'm at. I haven't been there the whole time. I think that's where I'm at now. The more I've kind of thought about this and analyzed other potential alternatives. Um, that's where I'm at. Uh, Robert Cross with another one. First time, long time, John. Welcome aboard, Robert. Quentin Grimes is a deal breaker. That's fine. Three and D, my ass. I want this guy in a Knicks jersey for a long time. Hashtag 53 wins. Listen, Robert. You've been watching Knicks basketball since they tossed it up against the Toronto Huskies way back in 46 at wherever the hell they played that game. I don't know where they played that game. I think it was in Toronto. Um, so you know a player that you want when you see one. I respect it. I think he I think he might be – he is more than three. See, but here's the thing. Like, you know who's 3 and D? Reggie Bullock's 3 and D. I think – we need to think of a new term for three. When we talk about the type of three and D guy who can like start on a championship caliber team, we need a new term for that because you, you need to be able to do a little bit more than Reggie Bullock. For instance, I'm just using him as an example can do. You need to be able to put the ball on the floor. You need to be able to make, not only maybe the the initial read, but the secondary read and like so on and so forth. Like that stuff is important. Um, You need to have versatility on defense. Um, And yes, I think Grimes checks all those boxes. And that's why I think Grimes is a guy who, if he keeps on this path, like, I don't know, is he a $15 million a year player on his next contract? Is he a $20 million a year player on his next contract? Those are not, those are not guys that are easy to come by. They, they just aren't. Uh, so I don't begrudge anything you say, Robert. Uh, ben- Benjamin Riddles. <laughs> Breaking. Julius Randle gives thumbs down to the Mitchell deal. Um, you know what, uh, Julius? Uh, that is... That's too bad, buddy. I, it's so funny to me, though. Again, I, I'm I'm real. I'm not going to get myself in trouble by commenting on anything that anybody else has said on Twitter or otherwise. But I will just say that, like, it is interesting to me that, like, I'm okay with the notion that Julius Randle, like, you you, you want to rehabilitate the asset. Um, that's fine, but could we at least pretend not? Could we at least not pretend? that the asset doesn't need to be rehabilitated and like throwing out like Randall's numbers from last year in terms of like his counting stats and like what he did two years ago, like that's fine. But the reality is that the jazz can either have Evan Fournier or Julius Randall as the salary match match in this trade. And they'd rather have Evan Fournier which I think tells you all you need to know about where Julius Randle's stock is at. And I'm sorry. That's not just because Julius Randle has extra years on his contract because 
if you think that they're, if you're a Danny Ainge and you're like, you know what? Last year was an aberration. We could fix that guy. We could turn that guy into a player that other NBA teams will want and we'll be able to flip for an asset. You do it. And then the extra years on the contract all of a sudden aren't a negative. They're a positive. I don't think Danny Ainge thinks that, which again, tells you all you need to know about where Julius Randle's stock is at right now. Kane, Marco, take mob general. Any deal involving Grimes or RJ is a no for me. Okay. I think, I think this is where a lot of the fan base is right now. Um, and I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm totally okay with it. I am, I am okay with it. I just, so let's say that Grimes is the deal breaker. And let's say that the, you could still, and, and let's say, yeah, I knew it was a joke. Andrew. And let's say that um, the price to keep Grimes is an unprotected pick swap in 2028, just for argument's sake. Do you do that if you're the Knicks? I think they would. I think I think they almost certainly would. But like, you want to talk about someone that could come back and bite you in the ass um, if things go wrong? Now, again, if you're Leon Rose. That's the challenge of this negotiation is you're you are negotiating to to make your team better right now and you are negotiating to try to keep enough in place to allow your team to grow to the point of contention. And while it's you know, I don't want to be like he can't be worried about seven years from now, because that's a ridiculous thing to say. He absolutely should be worried about seven years from now. It's part of his job as the president of the team. Like there is a certain amount of give and take here. Um, and you can't, I mean, you, you can't just get down to Mitchell without giving stuff. So it's just a matter of what does he want to give or does he not want Donovan Mitchell? So we'll see. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Got Bush? You definitely do if you haven't tried the best products from our sponsor today, Manscaped. Taking control of your bush is important. These products are so good, you're going to be showering in your new bush-free yard. It's a fact that you will have the best-kept nutsack on the cul-de-sac. Save big and be the most hygienic version of yourself by using discount code FILMSCHOOL for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Whether you're looking to go bald like an eagle or just need a safe trim, Manscaped is dedicated to helping you level up your full-body grooming game. The grooming package I highly recommend is the Performance Package 4.0. Inside the package is the Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is a bush's worst nightmare. This trimmer is designed to reduce grooming accidents and shave hair on loose skin thanks to a ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology. No need for night vision goggles. This trimmer has an LED light to allow you to mow the lawn in the dark. Second best tool in the performance package is the Weed Whacker. This fine-tuned nose and ear hair trimmer will make sure your nasty nose pubes are under control. Instantly add some pep in your step with the Crop Preserver Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Spray-On Toner. With the performance package, you get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag and the patented high-performance reduced chafing Manscaped Boxers. They have a bunch of other products on their website to help you maximize your confidence and grooming game. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code FILMSCHOOL at MAMS. Manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use your code FILMSCHOOL. It's time you level up from the Amazon to the Amadong with the ultimate bushwhacking tools from Manscaped. Kevin Danishevsky uh, with another one. Thanks, Kevin. If they don't want if they don't want RJ, I would assume that they really don't want to pick Cam, right? All has me thinking that Quentin Grimes probably won't be in uh, the championship game. Uh, look, I, I do think that's a good point on camp. And I think if you're Utah, it's like, I, that's a great question. Like if, if does Utah even just, do they want camp? Like, or is, do they look at him as like, yeah, we see him as salary filler. I don't, I don't know. I mean, God knows that there are people out there who think that cam cam reddish is the second coming. Um, but again, it's just like the, if they, if the Jazz don't want to pay RJ Barrett and Tyler Hero, they sure as shit aren't going to want to pay Cam because think about it. Like what's the worst thing to happen if you're the Jazz Cam shows a little bit of promise and puts you in a dicey spot and restricted free agency a year from now. Now, does that mean you try to get a third team involved who is a little bit more interested in Cam? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, but again, the, the, it feels like the Knicks have been peddling Cam Reddish since the moment they got him, and no one seems to be biting, which I don't know what you do with that. Uh, Jesse Cook, what's going on, Jesse? How many picks are you content with sending to keep, this is a great question, to keep quickly Obi and Grimes on the team? They just gave away, they just got four firsts for Gobert. I don't, I don't think, see, here's the tricky part is like the Wolves only had, I think, if, if Andrew, correct me if I, correct me if I'm wrong. 
Um, I think the Wolves only had their own picks to trade. This negotiation is complicated by the fact that the, the Knicks have four additional first round picks to trade. So like, if you're the Knicks, I would, I would guess that you would rather put on the table three of those four other picks, whatever the, whatever the three lowest value ones, let's say the Wizards pick, the Pistons pick, and um, the Mavs pick. The Mavs pick is, well, I don't know. You could make arguments that any of those are decent, but those are the, those are the three ones with the best protections. Those are all those all have legitimate protections. Um, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, only Minnesota only had their own picks. So the 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 Bucks pick is is probably not going to be good, but that's only top four protected. So you never know. So let's you know, I would guess if if you're the Knicks, I almost think part of them would rather have like their own first round pick in 2029 to trade and maybe like their own, like no, don't give away swap rights in 2028. Um, and would rather give away two or three of those firsts. Now I could be wrong on that complete. I could be completely wrong. That's my assumption. So when you ask me like, what would I be willing to give away? I think what I'm really trying to do if I'm the Knicks is I'm trying to get as many of those other firsts into the deal. So, Let's give them all of those first. Let's give them the Pistons first, the Mavs first, the Wizards first, which I think is a pretty good pick, and the Bucks first. And let's give them, let's give them 25, 27. Let's give them swaps in 26 and maybe a protected swap in 28. So that's, what did I just give away? I just gave away six firsts and two swaps, one of which is protected. I think that's what it's going to take to keep the kids, to keep all of the kids. I think. I don't, I don't know, but that's what my guess would be. And some people might hear that package and vomit on themselves. And that's fine. As long as you you know, or not in a public place. Um, unless you're drunk, then you could vomit on yourself and no one will think less of you. I've done it many times. Uh, Jason M. What's going on, Jason? Leon was the one telling Dolan to get his guy before. <laughs> That's a great call. I like that. That's true. That's the difference, right? This isn't Leon's first rodeo. Um, Parrish Tugger. What's going on, Parrish? Jalen won't want to now take a back seat to Mitchell. So um, here's something that I am not certainly not reporting, but I'm very comfortable putting out there as, as an assumption that I have made, which is that Jalen Brunson knew all about the pursuit of Donovan Mitchell well before he signed this contract. Um, I like it's been an open secret that the Knicks want Donovan Mitchell for a year. Do you do we really think that Jalen Brunson walked into um, a meeting with his dad and his agent and his agent's dad and everybody looked at him in the face and like, Oh no, we're not. Don't worry about the Mitchell thing. You're going to be the man here. Like also Jalen Brunson's not stupid. He wants to win a championship. He is smart enough to know that if he's the best player on a team, that that team's not going very far. Like I, I really, that's why I really do think like this is, this was about, he wants to be in New York. He wants to be play. He wants, it's about family. It's about, 
who the people he's close with. I think that's why he's here. And he got paid. I, I think the notion about like, oh, he wants to have a 30 usage rate and be the guy and this, that, and the other thing. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. Matt Smith, what's going on, Matt? His whole family are Knicks fans. Talking about Donovan Mitchell. There's got to be some leaks. Anyway, wonder if the play of Farron Hunt would give him a chance to enter the potentially um, depleted rotation. Same with Deuce after tonight. Um, no, I don't think the Knicks are. I, again, personally, to, to my, two, my two cents, just my opinion. I don't even think they would like rely on Cam in the rotation next year. I don't even think they would feel comfortable giving him. I think they would if they had to. But I think if they had their druthers, and when I say them, I, I do mean Tibbs. It would, it would be to not give Cam rotation minutes or, or, or go into camp with that. So the notion that they're going to give Farron Hunt rotation minutes, I don't see it. I don't, maybe, they, maybe they sign him to a roster spot if like the roster gets cleaned out in the trade. But um, no, the most interesting thing to me in all of this at this point, if we're really going down the line and like looking ahead to, to see where this might end up, is if the Jazz won't take – Julius Randle, which again, the reporting right now is that they will not, they don't want Julius Randle. And let's assume the Knicks cannot find a third team to take Julius Randle. And then they, whatever, either they take back a different player or they send a different player out to you, whatever, whatever the case may be. Let's assume Randle is here. Let's also assume that the Jazz are not enamored with Obi Toppin as a prospect, which I, based on what has been reported, that is, that is the assumption that I am making. Might be wrong. The Knicks have this room exception sitting there for five point two or three or whatever it is million dollars. If they're trading for Donovan Mitchell, they're they're going to spend that money on a player that they think can help them win games this year. If you look at the free agent market. Now, Grant, hold on. Now, I should I should add they don't have to spend it right now. It does not go away if they don't spend it. So they could wait for a buyout guy potentially around whenever before the deadline or something for for players to be on playoff rotations, and they could sign someone later. And if they have the room exception, they'll be able to offer that buyout guy more money. So maybe that's what happens, and maybe that's what they think. But man, you know who is just sitting out there. He's just sitting out there waiting for someone to call him up and say, come home for the retirement tour. And it just, to me, doesn't make sense for Carmelo Anthony to, to be back on this team if both Randall and Obi are here. Because, again, the one position that is solidified on the, the roster right now is center. So it's not even like, oh, we'll play Obi at, at small ball five or Randall small. No, you're not, you're not doing that. So... Uh, I know the East is big, man, but uh, I, I think the days of I think the days of Melo at the three were over when we had that conversation twelve years ago. Uh, the thought of him being the backup three for this team now is uh, I'm, I'm I, I can't quite co-sign that. So it's just that's another interesting little subplot that I've been wondering. Anyway, getting ahead of myself. Uh, Ed Paula, what's going on, Ed? Like, there's no way we get Donovan and keep Julius, right? The fit is already awkward without Donovan. I think it's a great question. It's a great question. Again, shout out to Benji. He, he said it last night. Like, the fit, that's it, the fit's not good. It's just not good on either end of the court. You need 
you need a defensive minded guy there. Not that Obi is the best defender in the world. And quite frankly, if, if, listen, if we're being honest, if we're looking at the defensive peak, the defensive peaks, not saying the, the baseline, the defensive peaks of Julius Randle and Obi Toppin over the last two years, Randle's peak has been higher. When he was engaged and he was giving a shit a year and a half ago, he was a legitimately, like, he was decent. He was okay. He got, the man got an all-defensive order. I mean, give him, give him credit for that. Um, and then, of course, when he doesn't give a shit, he's one of the most detrimental players in the league on the defensive end of the floor. So that's a problem. And, and then, obviously, there's, like, what is Julius Randle doing when he doesn't have the ball? So, and if Donovan Mitchell's on your team and Jalen Brunson's on your team and R.J. Barrett's on your team, you need someone at the four who's going to be a threat to do literally fuck anything at all with the ball or uh, when they don't have the ball. So whether that's a shooting threat, whether that's a lob threat, like Obi would be, whether it's a guy who's comfortable firing away, you know, from the corners, like Obi Toppin was at the end of last year, like you could at least squint and kind of picture Obi in that four spot. It's impossible with Randall. So what do you do if Randall doesn't go back in this trade? You either try to find another home for him or you take him into the season and you say, look, big guy, we can't trade you right now. People around the league want to see. And again, shout out to Zach Lowe, who said on this pod, he's like, I think people around the league are curious about Julius Randall, but they want to, they want to see it. They want to see him play and, and like produce at a high level again. Um, so maybe they take it into the year. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Irvis Sula. I hope I got that name right. Future Nick picks same as Heat picks with Spider on the team. Again, I got into this. I got into it, but I was going back and forth with Oakster, I think, on Twitter the other day. I'm not saying that I think the Knicks picks. The Knicks picks. There's a there's a there's a word slippage there that um, I I haven't made yet. I probably won't. I'll try not to. Um, that I'm not saying that future Knicks picks are going to be that much better than future Heat picks. But if you are Danny Ainge and your job is to put the Utah Jazz in the best possible position to get the best possible asset from this trade, well. You're obviously trying to get a frontline young player who could be a cornerstone for you moving forward. And I, I don't think the sort of player that he wants is available. Um, so that's out the door. And then in lieu of that, you try to get unprotected picks from historically bad franchises. And if you're looking at the NBA for the last 20 years, there are three Historically bad franchises that have that are below everybody else. He already has all of the future picks from one of those franchises after the Gobert trade, and no shit, he's looking to make a trade with the Knicks because they're one of the other franchises. And you know what? I bet you he called the Kings and said and asked if they were interested in Donovan Mitchell too because they're the other one. Like, it's not about what me or you or anybody here watching thinks the Knicks are going to be in four or five or six or seven years. It's about playing the odds. And over the last 21 years, the Knicks have had a top 10 pick or they were, whether they traded away or not, but like they fell into the top 10, like more than half of those years. So, and like, you know, they were, they had the best lottery odds once they had the second best lottery odds once. I think they had, 
the third best lottery odds. Like, you know, it's it's not an it's not an unwise bet. It is not a bet without precedent. That's all I'm saying. Um, Robert Cross, Robert Cross is killing it today. First time, long time, John. Why can't RJ? Uh, I have a feeling I'm not gonna like this question. Why can't RJ OBIQ and or Grimes be stars? Um, also, Chris and I see a clear path for Anthony Edwards to the Knicks. You might have a clear path to the Knicks in uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, I don't know, four, five, six years, something like that. Um, and listen, here's the best part. You make this trade now, you give away all the picks. If the next star becomes available four or five years from now, guess what? You'll be able to trade first rounders until fucking 2034. So you'll have a whole new batch of first rounders to give away for that star. Uh, so don't worry about Anthony Edwards. Why can't they be? I mean, they, I hate I hate this question. I, I don't hate the question, but it's like we can't sit here and belittle what true stars are in this league. And Donovan Mitchell, like I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and go through his numbers and go through his playoff performances and go through like his playmaking. Like Donovan Mitchell walked into the league and was averaging whatever it was four four plus assists per game. I think he's averaged over six assists a game. Like RJ Barrett is through year three. He was supposed to come in as a pretty good playmaker. His assists for thirty six minutes have essentially stayed flat for three straight years. Now that doesn't mean they can't go up. I think they will go up. In fact, I would bet on them getting up to five or six per thirty six at some point in his career. Maybe that's and that's great. And maybe eventually he cleans it up around the rim. And maybe eventually he develops some semblance of an off-the-dribble jumper from behind the arc. And maybe he gets more consistency uh, on the defensive end. And maybe, 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 maybe. And he's by far the highest ceiling of all of these guys. And we're talking about maybe, 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 maybe. I think all of those maybes will come to fruition. But with Donovan Mitchell, there are no maybes, at least not on offense. We've seen him do everything on offense. The only thing he does not do on offense is he is not a playmaker on the level of, and again, I talked about this with Benji, on the level of a Doncic or um, a Morant or um, a Trey Young or a Steph Curry, you know, those top, 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 top guys. He's not that level of playmaker. Um, he is a notch below that, and that matters. That does matter especially when you're 6'1 and you don't always give a shit on defense. Those are real things. Those are real issues. But, man, the stuff that he can do and the stuff that he does bring to the table and he has brought to the table in the league, in the playoffs, in the biggest moments, that's, I mean, that's real. Um, It's not theoretical. So, you know, I, I just, you can't run your team on theory. And hope if you're Leon Rose. You can't do it. It's it's just, that's not the job. Um, Yeah. It's the best best I got. Uh, Forgotten NYC. Time is now. I'm desperate for a star. Get it done. Well, Danny Ainge is hoping that that sentiment is the same within the Knicks front office. Um, I think it would behoove them to not be desperate. Uh, ML Nair, what's going on, uh, ML? Uh, I doubt Dolan gets involved here because there's no 
Nets threat, and Ainge wants this deal with the Knicks. Keep, need to keep RJ, Quinn Grimes, IQ, and Obi. I hope he doesn't get involved. Um, I don't think he will. From what I've been told, he has not at all uh, yet. There's no indication that he will. I just, if you're trying to think about reasons why it would behoove Danny Ainge to drag this thing on, I am... I don't know, because I think there's a world that if it drags on, I think it could actually favor the. There is a world where if it drags on, it could favor the Knicks if things get really untenable in Utah. Now, Danny Ainge, everybody says, like, if there's any GM in the league that has the stomach for that, it's Ainge. I don't know. We'll see. But, like, fuck, we're talking about Utah, uh, who has an interesting fan base. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. And what if... Things got ugly in, I don't remember the name of their arena, but what if like, like on opening night, are they going to like cheer Donovan Mitchell? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I think, so I do think there, there may be a little bit more of a motivation on Ainge's end to get something done sooner rather than later. We'll see. Kevin Danishevsky, one more. My head says I do it with Grimes. My heart says no. I think, I think I might be in the same place with you. Kevin, I really don't want to give up Grimes. My, 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 but my head says you're gonna really, you're gonna regret that. I just, that dude's good. He's really good. He's gonna get better. Uh, I want to keep Grimes. Eddie F, what's going on, John? What percentage of Grimes perceived value today? Uh, hence the reticence to move him uh, is due to recency bias. He's good, but the ESPN campaign this week doesn't hurt. Um, I think that's a very fair question. I think I think it might have a little bit to do with it, but it's not recency bias in the sense that like we're watching him now, and thus he's like in our minds, and that's why the value is higher. It's that he went home and he made it a point this summer to get better at very specific things. And he came back in summer league and showed that he had improved at the very things that he set out to improve on this summer, which to me, as much as it says about the things that he improved on, the more impressive part to me is its reflection on his work ethic and his dedication and the fact that, holy shit, this is a young player who clearly has a plan for himself as a, as a pro and how he's going to progress in the league. And um, he gets up an ungodly number of shots in practice from what I've heard. I think the work ethic is very real. Uh, and I, I think smart teams or smart observers were already keen to Grimes at the end of last season. That's, that's what I'll say. I, I don't think it's just about this week. I'll say that. Uh, overratedness. What's going on, man? I feel like I haven't heard from you in a while. We might be overrating our young guys. If we try to control our confirmation bias, is Grimes really a deal breaker? I hope he's great, but what is his ceiling? Is he as good as Desmond Bain? I, like, Bain is a is a brick shithouse on wheels. That dude is, is huge. Um... So Grimes obviously does not have that size 
but there is more of a playmaking gene in Grimes. And like, I'm sorry, but like, I, I think he has the chance to be one of the very best role players in the NBA. So like, what is that worth? You know, in money, in dollar amount, it's worth like 20 to 20, like the best role players get paid 20, $25 million a year. So like when you're talking about just like, what is Grimes ceiling or like, let's toss him away or this and that, like, no, he's never going to be a, a star in the sense that we mean star, meaning like a guy who creates offense, a guy who bends a defense with the ball in his hands. Like he's, that's not, that's not going to be what he is, but it doesn't mean you, it doesn't mean that he's not absolutely imperative to hang on to. And I would, I would argue, and I applied this earlier, it may be even more imperative for the Knicks to hang on to him, given the realities of their roster right now. And the fact that like you can, you'll get buyout guys and like, but you're, you're not, you're not going to sign a guy like this in free agency. And you're certainly not getting one via trade on the cheap. It's not going to happen. Um, Cause team, there's a reason Danny age wants him. So uh, Mike self, what's going on? Um, oh, Seif, excuse me. I mispronounced Mike Seif. Thank you very much. Very generous contribution. We appreciate you, man. Plenty to criticize Randall for. In fairness, he didn't have a point guard last season and lost Bullock, the teammate he had the most chemistry with two seasons ago. I think the Jazz prefer Fournier because they want to pick in the top five, not six to 14. Oh, man. I I love you, Mike. I'm going to have to agree to disagree here. Here's the thing about that, that Julius Randall didn't have a point guard. Um, let's, let's pretend that Julius Randle had Chris Paul on his his team, right? Or whoever you think the best point guard. I, I don't pick pick the best point guard in the league. Any any player that that player that point guard right is at the very upper echelon of the game. The best point guards do two things, right? If you're in the Chris Paul division and anywhere under that. You make the lives of your supporting players easier because you figure out a way to get them easy buckets or easier buckets, right? And if you're in the Trey Young, Dame Lillard, Steph Curry camp, and I realize there's a there's a blending of these two lists, but just in terms of like general qualities that these guys have, you're creating shots, right? You're creating shots with the ball in your hands. Um and, and somewhere in between there is like just simply being a guy who is a threat off the ball. Last year, Julius Randle had as his primary off-ball threat because Fournier was always on his side of the court, right? He always had a guy who was very, very, very credible in terms of someone that defenses need to pay attention to. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, the Knicks spacing was great because they played a traditional center and, like, I I get that. But at the same time, the spacing that Fournier provided him was very real. So then you're talking about, okay, well, let's say he had a really great on-ball creator. Okay, well, that certainly lessens the load for Julius Randle. But at at the end of the day, Julius Randle still needs to 
still needs to perform. He still needs to figure out ways to score or in lieu of scoring, help his team in other ways. Like when he doesn't have the ball, which gets me to that third category of point guard, which is like, yeah, point guards, like true point guards make their teammates a lot better, but those teammates need to be willing to like accept those gifts. And that means just basic, like moving without the ball shit. That means like pick and roll. It's the most common play in basketball. And it's a play that Julius Randle has almost no interest in running. He runs a lower percentage of pick and rolls than any big man, high usage big man in the game of basketball. And that is a fact. Um, And that is because Julius Randle doesn't play like a big. He plays like a wing. That's because that's how he wants to play. Wants to have the ball. He wants to fuck around 18 feet from the basket. That's what he wants to do. Now, if you want to tell me Donovan Mitchell is going to come here and Jalen Brunson's here and all of a sudden Julius Randle is going to find religion and is going to run, you know, 20 pick and rolls a game uh, and, and, and get easier looks at the basket that way, you know, I'll believe it when I see it. Um, maybe he does, maybe he does, but we've seen Julius play basketball now for seven years, eight years. He's been pretty consistent in that time in terms of what he likes to do and what he does not like to do. Uh, We'll see. Hush Zoo, what's going on? And oh, by the way, sorry, one last thing. In terms of like, oh, imagine he had a real point guard. He had one of the greatest seasons in Nick history two years ago playing with the worst point guard, one of the worst starting point guards, if not the worst starting point guard in the league. And why was that? Because he didn't have to worry about catering to Alfred Payton. Last year, point guard came in that had some skills and that could have helped him if he allowed him to. But he had to change his game for that player. That's what fucked him up. That tells me all I need to know personally about whether or not a better point guard is going to suddenly transform Julius Randle into a different sort of player. Um, but that's just me. Sorry. Hush, I just popped in, and you've probably been asked this a million times already, how close is the deal? Or is all this smoke? Or are the Heat real suitors on Don? Um I'm sure the heaters were the heaters, the heaters, my God, the heat would like to be. Um, it seems like they have been tasked with going to find someone who will give them tra- draft assets for Tyler Harrow. doesn't seem like they've been able to do that. And how close is the deal? Um, it seems like the ball is in. Well, actually, I don't know who's, who, who's court the ball is, in, but the Knicks, the, the jazz made a demand. The Knicks made a counter and that's all we know. Uh, it seems to be like close enough that there's a middle ground. But again, shout out to Andy Larson, who reported this for the Salt Lake City Tribune. Who's who's taking the first step towards the middle ground? That's where we're at right now. We don't know. Uh, Mr. Chill, I don't see any words on your super chat, but thank you for the contribution. If Mr. Chill had a, a comment, Andrew, let me know. Uh, Jeremy E, if one of IQ, Grimes, or Obi needs to go, it has to be IQ. He becomes with r- redundant with Bronson and Mitchell. Um, I'm not sure if I would say quickly becomes redundant. I agree that if you're forecasting like eventual playoff rotations, the notion that you are going to have three small guards playing significant minutes is 
probably unlikely. Um, that said, I'm not sure the Knicks are at the point where they should be like worrying about what they're going to do in game five of a tied playoff series in like the Eastern Conference semifinals. Uh, that said, I don't want to give up Grimes. I think there's an argument that Toppin is uh, between him and Quickly is the more expendable asset. I, I say that without any conviction. I don't really feel strongly. I'd like to keep all three of them. How about that? Uh, Mark Sable, what's going on, Mark? It, it's uh, great to hear from you. Uh, came in late. Sorry if these questions were asked, but over under on days the deal gets done and two predicted starting lineup on opening night uh, over under on deals on days. The deal gets done. Um, man, I feel like the league, I really do feel like the league shuts down for the most part after summer league. Although with the Durant thing, I guess people are working overtime. Um, I don't know. Does it go into camp? Someone, someone who who has a little bit of knowledge of what's going on texted me earlier today and told me it could happen tomorrow, it could happen in October, and I wouldn't be shocked. So take that for what it's worth. As far as my predicted starting lineup for opening night, I'll, I'll, I'll take the bait there. Uh, I'll go Brunson, Mitchell, RJ. Um, Mitch and find a home for and and Randall, Randall, begrudgingly. Michael Miranda, what's going on, Michael? What's the next star to pair with Mitchell if we get him? The thought is he'll attract stars, but to your point, none are available in the next two years. Yeah, I don't think any are available in the next two years. Um, in terms of number one, like guys that could be your number one. I do think that there are complementary stars that could become available. Uh, the most obvious name is Jalen Brown. Now, if you have Brunson, who I don't think is going anywhere, and you have Mitchell, and you have RJ, then that makes you a little small for Jalen Brown, because, like, essentially you need a power forward at that point. Would Brunson ever be comfortable, like, coming off the bench if he's here? Uh, I don't know about that. That's – I know I, I've been in a whole thing before about how, like, Brunson's okay not being the number one. That's different than potentially coming off the bench. Uh, so, I don't know. And I genuinely do not think that they will trade Brunson unless I, – I mean, I, I can't even imagine what would have to happen for them to trade Brunson. So that gets that gets dicey. The guy who is an interesting name for me, and no one's going to want to hear this. No one is going to want to hear this. Is is Andrew Wiggins, and that is because Andrew Wiggins is a free agent next year, and the Warriors, while they print money, um, also have a player in Jonathan Kuminga, who theoretically can step in and do a whole lot of what Andrew Wiggins does. Not to mention they also have Moody and um, trying to think if there's another young player on their roster that I'm forgetting about. No, I think that might be it. Um, oh, they also have James Wiseman. I forgot about James Wiseman. In any case, 
like if Wiseman and Moody and Kuminga all come along and they keep those guys and those guys get on their second contracts, like, and I know we're talking down the line and like at some point, like guys like Draymond and Clay and like Steph are going to retire, but I don't know. It's like, it's not, it's not insane to me to envision a scenario where Wiggins could become available. And even if the Knicks and the Knicks, you know, as a, it depends on some things about whether they would have the cap space available to just sign him outright. At the very least, the Knicks would be able to, to potentially get in the running for him. Now, Wiggins obviously plays with RJ Barrett on team Canada. Those guys have nice chemistry. Uh, I think he's a very good player. I think, you know, I mean, I know it was alongside Steph Curry and Steph Curry put forth one of the better finals performances that we've seen, but you know, we do have to say that Andrew Wiggins was the second best player on a finals team on a, on a finals winning team. Like that is, that is a thing that just happened. Um, does he answer the Knicks problems? I, I don't know. Um, but I agree. There's no obvious answer. So, but there's your dander again, your dander view, your dander view. Don't here. Uh, Eric Ortiz. What's going on, Eric? Have watched for years. First Super Chat. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate you watching, and thank you for uh, chipping in. KFS is the best in the business. Thank you, man. Uh, can we keep Randall on this team? Too many ball-dominant players if we trade for Donovan Mitchell. Long-term, he has to go. He knows that. We all know that. I think the Knicks know that. It's just a matter of how and when. Um, maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe they trade him this summer. And Robert Cross. I love you, Robert. Is it fair and reasonable? No, it's never fair and reasonable to say that Leon sees Spida as necessary for the next piece. I got so aggravated I'm hitting the heavy bag. Good for you, Robert. Um, hashtag 53 wins. He's back. Robert's back. I think he just sees like a league where if you don't have a guy who's, who's going to bend a defense – like, you know, what are you doing? Like, what? Like you need a guy like this. And the Knicks don't have one. And maybe RJ gets close. Uh, who knows? Maybe he keeps growing. Maybe he blows away expectations even more. But they need, they need the first guy. I think they want to get the first guy, and then they'll worry about – let me – I'll end with this. If they – I think they – Get if they will get him if they feel that they can field a team that can win a playoff series and conceivably give a top four a top four team or a top two team a run for their money. If they feel like they could do that with what's left over, I think they will make the trade. And I, and I think they will feel that they could make it if they'll make it. Because if you get to that point, if you're a Knicks team that gets to that point where you can maybe put a scare into a real contender in like the second round, then even if you have traded away so many picks to get Mitchell, if everything that you still have is all young players, then theoretically, if you're in this market, you should be able to get from that step to the final step somehow, some way. That's how I think they're operating. 
you're asking my opinion. Um, apparently that's it, but but I'll, I'll, Andrew is saying he was hoping when someone would ask me to comment on the rumors that Mitch and three firsts was a reported trade that was turned down. I don't. I would need more information on that because, like Ian. So for anybody who missed it, again, Ian Bagley reported that uh, Mitchell Robinson or they talked trade with Utah before free agency started, and then Mitchell Robinson's name was discussed. Obviously, it would have had to have been um, as a uh, sign and trade because you cannot trade uh, an impending uh, free agent after the season ends. So it would have had to have been a sign and trade. Um, and three firsts, that was turned down. My, my inclination is to say that if the Knicks could have gotten Donovan Mitchell for a Mitchell Robinson sign and trade and three first-round picks, they would have jumped at the chance. And I think I would have to go back and look at the wording, but my understanding when I read it was that Ian was just reporting that Mitchell Robinson was included in a potential trade that was discussed and that there were likely other pieces also discussed in that as well. Um, final super chat here from the main connects. Thanks for the contribution. We appreciate it. Appreciate everybody who chimed in on the regular chat and the super chat. Um, you have uh, kept us here. It is now 1030. This was a good one. This was a fun one. I'm, I'm happy that we got into everything. We got into a good discussion tonight. Thank you again for everybody for uh, chiming in. Um, don't forget if you're not subscribed to this very YouTube channel, if you are still watching and you're not subscribed, subscribe. We're so close to 10,000. So close. Help us get there, please. And if you're listening to this in podcast form on Friday, um, don't forget to uh, subscribe. If you're not subscribed to the pod, uh, rate us, give us a five-star rating, drop a review. Uh, I am barring something crazy happening in the next 13 and a half hours. We're going to have a, a very, um, a nice guest tomorrow that'll, I'm going to be talking to at noon who should be able to shed some more light on the Donovan Mitchell situation. And that pod will be up for you. I, I think by mid to late afternoon. So check your KFS podcast feed for that. I think that's it. Uh, yes, it'll be up by 2 p.m. So um, barring any changes, uh, that's it. Thanks so much for watching and talk to you soon. Peace out.